and welcome to another episode of Cutscenes and Cupcakes, the podcast. I'm Marley. I'm Steph. Lindsay, say your fucking name. I'm Lindsay. <laughs> Why were you staring at us? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of something clever. Like <laughs> The only thing I came up with is like, I'm Dr. Death, but I'm like, I don't even know that character, oh nor gosh. do I care. So he's, like, a, he's a real person who pretended he went to medical school. No, that was such a horrible, like, did, did you guys see the Joshua Jackson no. um, rendition of that story? Mm-mm. No. But I listened to was the podcast. Terrible. Was it? When he operates on his friend, yeah. you want to die. Like the sounds, you know how it's gonna go. It's so terrible. Yeah. So this is not a Doctor Death podcast. <laughs> or um, is it a true crime podcast? No. So we're a video game podcast, which hopefully you'd know by now if you're listening to us. Yeah, because this is season six, bitches. Whoa. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. And this episode is all behind the scenes about our featured game this month, which is Horizon Forbidden West. Yay! By Guerrilla Games Games. Yes. So two weeks ago, we talked all about the game, we reviewed it, told you guys what we loved and hated about it and whatnot, and now we're kind of going, like I said, behind the scenes. We're trying out the new format for the season, so let us know what you think after this episode. Yeah, Let us know. or after the whole month, because we're trying a whole monthly format. Okay, yeah. Yes. Please don't ever talk to us until at least March 2023. Yes. Yes, that is our rule. No but talking when March... to the podcasters until March 1, 2023. March 1, 2023, at like approximately 12.01 a.m. Can you time. send us an email? <laughs> we just get in heaps and heaps and We've moved school. from that being a joke to our literal only social platform. No, <laughs> we use Instagram we and use... Facebook. I almost said LinkedIn. And even Discord. If you guys haven't joined our Discord, you should come join our Discord because it is a lovely place where we talk about games and gaming news and streaming and streaming news and streaming of games. It's a riot. And really all other things geek because it is the Age of Geek Media Discord. Yep. Go find us there. Yes. And then you can be our friends. Really, if you just go to discord.ageofgeek.com, it'll take you right to where you need to go. And if you ask for a picture of me, I'll send you one of Gerard Way. Oh, oh. I didn't know that. You've never sent me pictures of Gerard Way. I have in the Discord. Oh. Oh. No, you have not. I really did. I like, really Marley's like, sends a selfie and she's like, I'm cute today, so I thought I'd send a selfie. I've never done that. No, <laughs> you said, <laughs> I'm cute, might delete later. No, I, what? you sent like, you sent a picture and you're like, we're at this, doing this. It's a nerdy thing. And then Stephanie's like, I'm this, and I'm this person. I oh, will find it. Remember when you went to that nerd orgy? Yeah. I, I didn't take pictures of that. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> well, there was a lot of bum. <laughs> I uh, don't know what you're talking about because this never happened. No, it, anyway, join the Discord. <laughs> you can hear us talk about Marley's uh, no. nerdy, nerdy orgy where she dresses up as Loki. No, you guys, that is a secret channel on our and Discord. And then she comes slowly in the room about. and says, I'm horny. Because <laughs> he wears the, you know. We no, get it, Lindsay. Explain it more, please. Can we please cut this all out? No. No. Damn it. 
<laughs> you guys. Okay. Behind the scenes of Horizon Forbidden West. Yes, I actually really am excited to talk about behind the scenes of Horizon Forbidden West. That was almost a mouthful there for you. I'm going to say Horizon Forbidden West as much as I can this entire episode. I think we that should just call Horizon it... That is about Horizon Forbidden West. I think we should just call it Forbidden West. Which West is forbidden? How about... It's... It's the one on the horizons that are forbidden. Especially because in my, in my, some of my notes um, that I took, they refer to like Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. They just don't use the full name. Uh, For efficiency. uh, Lindsay didn't find the content she was looking for. I did find it. I just didn't want to be like, here it is. I'm bringing this up again. All right. But someone beat me to that. (laughs) All right. Begin one. HFW. Tell us. You guys want me to start? (laughs) <laughs> it's not even words anymore now it's just breaths <laughs> horizon forbidden ones we went to our asmr podcast marley just touched my foot under the table yes i did now we're playing toesies okay so we waited for this game for quiet when did the first horizon zero dawn come out wasn't it 28? No. Why are you asking us questions we don't know the answers to? <laughs> that was to. trying to direct the conversation to something That productive. was 20... Was that 2016? That her, are you talking about Horizon Zero Dawn? Yes. Yeah. That's why I said Horizon Zero Dawn. It and came out in 2017. Okay. 2017? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So six years later is when we got... No. Five. Five. Because it came out. Math yes. is hard. Yes. Yeah. So we got the sequel in 2022. Yes. And even from like that point, it like... They... Um, produce this game like so much better than the first one. Yes. I found this website. Maybe I'll have to link it because it was really interesting. Where they did a lot of side by side shots of the graphics. Like they did like all these de- details on like Aloy's face and the comparison between Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. Holy crap! What a difference. It's like night and day. Like Zero Dawn looks really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot more softer, kind of more lighter tones. Mm-hmm. Very, very just like simple in a lot of but ways. But less funding and less technology. Yeah. And so like Gorilla Games, who made this, these games, they, um, to, to produce the games, they used um, this gameplay engine that they created and they call it the decima engine um so we're not going to go like way too much detail into like the decima engine and gameplay engines because we don't know that much about them and i did not feel like doing a lot of research on it because it was getting very technical i thought you were gonna say because it was getting very late last night (laughs) well that too and (laughs) it was getting late last night but the cool thing is um so they they came up with this gameplay engine back in 2015 so they were, you know, really starting off with it. Um, so Zero Dawn is definitely one of their first games using this engine. But they also have one called Killzone Shadowfall that mm. came back out back around this time. Anyway, so I've not ever played that one, but that was kind of like its flagship, I guess you could say. Hmm. And I think from my reading, actually, Killzone, um, it's its own story. And then Horizon um, Zero Dawn is kind of like... I don't know, and I, I might be wrong about this. Maybe we should cut this out. But Killzone is more like a space futuristic one, and then Horizon's kind of something that's going on on Earth. So it's like, um, it's like they're they're not connected, but the director and the writer of it canonically, it, they're like 
in the same universe. Yeah, in the same universe. Well, that's cool. Like, literally universe, not on the same planet. Correct. Yes. Well, that's kind of cool. Maybe I now I want to check out this Killzone game. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. I like space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the engine Do I need to move away from you a little bit then? Yes. We need to take space emotionally, too. <laughs> Bye, Steph. <laughs> She's leaving the podcast. <laughs> no, Steph, don't leave. I have not moved an inch. Anyways, the engine boasts its own, like, physics system, artificial intelligence, and, like, a graphics package that has managed to evolve, with especially with, like, the next-gen consoles. So they they literally, like, built this system to build its own world, like, on its own, which That's is kind insane. of crazy that it, like, it has evolved in that way. Well, doesn't its library So also- they, oh my gosh, they built Gaia. Oh my gosh. Yes. Digitally. Oh my god. To build Gaia digitally. Yes. And then they're going to build Gaia digitally again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just got goosebumps. It's like when you look in a mirror, but you also have a mirror behind you. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, what's it called? Decibel? Paradox. What? What's the engine called? Decima. Decima. Decimation. (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. Um, so actually before Guerrilla Games, um, so they, I don't know if you guys knew this. I didn't know this. They partnered with Kojima Productions. Oh, no way. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So before, before they partnered with them, they actually just like simply referred to their Decima engine as the engine. Mm -hmm. It didn't have like a name and there were actually no plans to like publicly offer the technology to like game developers, um, like outside game developers. But then they had a newly forged partnership um, with Kojima. And so all of a sudden, Gorilla's like, okay, I guess for marketing purposes, we better name this thing. So here's, I loved this part. This was really cool. They chose to name it after Dejima. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's a Japanese island where a Dutch empire trading post was in like the 17th century. And so it once symbolized a strong trade relation between Japan and the Netherlands, which is where Guerrilla Games is. That's so cool. Right? I loved that. I thought that was way, way cool. Huh. Especially because like Netherlands, I, um, I'm trying to go on a trip there here in a couple of months. I'm really hoping that me and my husband can go. We're just kind of waiting on plane tickets to come down a little bit but when we go there to netherlands like i kind of really want to go visit the gorilla game studio and see what i can see because that would be so much fun and you should i support this endeavor mm-hmm. for you i completely support it and i want you to photo document and live tweet us everything i supported it first I supported it more. You guys can both support it. It's fine. I will probably send it in a group chat. (laughs) Um, So another fun little uh, tidbit. Um, Actually, our our little friends at... um, Oh my gosh. Who who made this game? Who made this game? Supermassive. Until Dawn. Our little buddies. Our little... One of our like favorite horror games that we always talk about. I swear. Until Dawn comes up in almost every episode. Blake always thinks we talk about Last of Us. Oops. I just did it. But (laughs) we also talk about Until Dawn a lot. So he should should get mad at us for that. Anyway. Maybe he just shouldn't get mad at us at all. Yeah. And you can calm his tits. Will you tell your husband to calm down? I... Yes. We can talk about Last of Us as much as we want. <laughs> Should I we talking about Until Dawn? Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> Until Dawn's developers, they actually use the Decima game engine. I heard that to make the quarry. 
No, they use it to make Until Dawn. But also the farm. But oh, wait, I didn't see that didn't part. Didn't they that's make cool. the Decima engine after Until Dawn was no, made? No, I got the dates wrong. I'm sorry. Decima came out like a while ago. Oh. A little bit before that. I want to say it was like earlier on. So Either sorry. way, very they impressive made, work. They made Killzone in 2015. The Decima engine, um. maybe I should have written this down. I'll find it in a minute. Well, Marla, I just wish you'd be a little bit more organized and prepared. I really wish that too. But anyways, they... So yeah... Until Dawn's developers used it for the graphics, but they had to, like, rework the lighting, which kind of makes sense, because if you compare those two games side by side, they're they're pretty, they're pretty di- different. Yeah, like, Until Dawn, obviously, it's a horror game, so you want it to be, like, darker and spookier. And dramatic lighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the game engine, um, it's also really cool. It was programmed to determine how the music was layered, all depending on the player's choices in the game. So it, it oh. would automatically switch. Which is just, yeah, especially with how, like, the butterfly effect was such an important mechanic of the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting tidbit. I think that is cool. I love it when games do that. Um, in the Score Notes podcast, you know, the one episode, Jeff Keeley, bring it back. Bring it back. Anyway, um, they talked about that, how that is in, like, Spider-Man. It reacts to what you're doing. So if you have a shortfall or a long drop, mm-hmm. it changes, like, the musical stings. And I'm like, that's so cool. That is, yeah. Sorry, real quick. Decima Engine was made by Guerrilla Games and released in November 2013. Oh. So, okay. So, it's been around for a little bit. So, sorry, I got the... That's 10 years ago. But obviously, (laughs) I should mention... Obviously, I should mention, too, like, Kojima, they make Death Stranding. And then the the newly announced... What? They make Metal Gear. Well, not really, because Metal Gear was a well was kind of taken away from Kojima. But But they he, didn't yeah. that's what he's what he started with and what he's most known oh, for. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I, I was meaning more because they use the same gameplay engine yeah, for yeah, Death yeah, Stranding. Yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. That's not the only thing Kojima has okay, made. <laughs> yeah. Kojima has done nothing for the gaming industry <laughs> but Death Stranding. You heard it here first. And the uh, um, newly announced uh, <laughs> sequel. For Death Stranding. Uh-huh. Walking mm-hmm. Simulator Part 2. Yes. I didn't play Death Stranding, so I can't judge it. Uh, did either of you? I watched yeah, we did play. a whole episode on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I played like a good couple hours of it and I hated it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Kojima. But yeah, I the only other notes I really have about the Decima engine, um, back to Forbidden West, the really cool thing that not a lot of games do is um with npcs they don't really take the time to put too much detail into npcs but forbidden west like they're like no we want to put just as much into our npcs as we do aloy yeah and i i I think that's great like especially because i mean you come across so many different characters in that game that's something that we noticed really early on is like in a conversation with Aaron, the character, he wipes his lip like kind of as a habit and you can see his lip move like oh as he wipes gosh. it. That's amazing. And my husband just like geeked out and he's like, that is really good. That yeah. is really, really, really good. And I was like, I agree. <laughs> well, this is a great game. It's been a little bit of a controversy or... Um... The, I don't know. Hiccup? About the first game is that... A hot topic. Yeah. Is that they didn't take a lot of care to... Uh, to round out their characters that are regionally 
put into that. So uh, huh? cultural appropri- appropriation. Oh, okay. So they didn't round out their characters. They didn't add the background stories so that they are culturally where they were in the world that they were. And Which so- I thought was interesting, though, because um, in Horizon, it, this is maybe one way to explain it in my head. Like, they had the cauldrons where they birth people. Mm-hmm. And so they probably had many different genetic samples and, like, embryos from different people. So you would have a community of, like, people of Asian descent, people, black people, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And all mixed and intermingled. Kind of effectively getting rid of racism. Well, I think it's more to do with that their stories weren't branched, weren't yeah. rounded out. Which right. they, I think they corrected in the second game so that it does more reflect... The cultural, the areas that they're in, and how these stories were created and fit together. I see. And so, um, especially, and you can see that a lot. I mean, even when you just go to, oh, what's the music city? Plain Song? Um, Plain Song. Like, With the Otaru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that one is super fun where they're like, it's like a choir. is a chorus mm-hmm. and everything is yeah. trying to be in harmony. And, and they just continue so singing the whole time like they're there. Any type of native people's culture that we know of, mm-hmm. but it is their own culture that they can dive into and have this um, really cool story and background about. Well, and that was actually one thing I really, really enjoyed in Horizon Forbidden West was all of the different um, tribes. Like, I liked mm-hmm. how much... I don't even know what the right word is, but, like... Because Zero Dawn, I, I loved that game. I thought it was great. I definitely didn't get into, like, the side stuff as much as I should have, as especially as much as I did with Forbidden West. But, like, I just fell in love with these people, these tribes in the West... Yeah, so quickly, Katala, well, well, maybe yeah, a little yeah. bit too much. Yeah, he's my video game boyfriend. It's fine, but they don't have one. Does but like, Jason know about this? Oh, he knows. <laughs> um, but no, like the whole. They're, so they're called the Tanakh, and like just each one. There's like there's like a Sky Clan, um, the Desert Clan, and then what is the other one called? The low is it Are, like is it just the Lowlands Clan or something? Earth Clan. I Earth. Don't know. What are the three Tanakh clans? Fire. Oh, Lowland. Water. I was right. So it's Earth desert. And it's air. not Avatar. <laughs> That's a different thing. Um, desert, sky, and lowland. So, like, even within the Tanakh, they have their own separate things, mm-hmm. and they have such a very unique style. Each mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and you find that as you as Aloy goes around and meets everybody, and you get her the armor sets, mm-hmm. and you just find what ones you really love. Oh my gosh, the lowland ones are my absolute favorite. Are armor. they the ones with the pinks and blues? Yes, I. I don't know. No, pinks and blues and purples is more sky. Okay. And then there's more like blues and yellows and kind of red-ishness, a little bit of red and and pinks in the lowland. I don't know if we can give credit to Far Cry for like these kind of neon colors in video gaming, but I feel like I've noticed it a lot more since, what was it, Far Cry New Dawn? Yeah, Far Cry New Dawn. Where they did- Far Cry Zero Dawn. Where they did, they very much leaned into like these pinks and blues and neon colors. And I feel like you're seeing it more and more in video gaming. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really pretty. Like, obviously those aren't maybe like natural. Like, it's not the colors of trees. It's not the color of many plants. But they're trying to lean into it so that there's vibrancy in landscaping Mm -hmm. and vibrancy Mm -hmm. in clothing and stuff. And I think it's, it's really fun. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, like Forbidden West, they do just, they, they did such a better job 
with um, with these different tribes and just giving them more of a um, variety and also just like giving them each their own voice too, yeah. I feel like. Because again, as you go along and you meet these different people and you have these different missions and also you're kind of talking to them or you're hearing people off to the side talking, other NPCs and you know, you catch on conversations, but just even like the way each clan has their own like kind of systems set up within their own clan, you know, like their societies. Mm -hmm. And obviously they're all part of a bigger tribe with the Tanakhs and everything. So they still have to like, you know, adhere to a, a higher standard, but at the same time, like they each have their variety. And I don't know, I, I guess I just didn't really get that much of that from Zero Dawn. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's, those very different tribes. I'm all this. Oh, the Osram. The Osram. The, yeah. the Banuk. Yeah. I just, et cetera. I just, I Shadow don't know. Karja. I just didn't feel like I really, really liked those other tribes as much. Cause you definitely mm -hmm. talk about them and refer back to them a little bit in Forbidden West. But I kind of was just like, eh, forget about them. I am more interested in the Tanakh. Mm -hmm. Like it was just so much more like even Steph was saying with even what Steph was saying with the colors like it was just more vibrant like even just the people. Mm -hmm. Talking also more about controversy because that's my uh, that's, that's my Steph's shtick. thing. <laughs> uh, before the game came out, we there there was a lot of like footage and people saw a more round faced Aloy, a more. Um, People were calling her a chubbier Aloy, and people were really pissed off about it, um, which is kind of shitty. Like, uh, it's super shitty, right? Like, um, it, it, it blew up in a way that was really um, unnecessary and became kind of, like, hateful. Where there is criticisms that you can bring up, like, her face shape, it looked different from her original content. And that, I don't think that that's pretty disputable. Um, it looked different from some of the original stuff, but it turned into such a, such a, like a icky thing. And they actually ended up changing Aloy and her features a lot more than, um, I don't know. I kind of compared to like a Sonic situation where people complained so much. So they kind of corrected it and course corrected, um, and gave us the Aloy we have now. Mm. So I just think it's kind of interesting because instead of. I just feel like it, this happens a lot when it's female, especially female-led games, where we get so much emphasis on the way they look and the way that they are presented that it turns into something icky and hateful instead of, like, let's talk about real the real, like, um, concrete problems with this, with what's going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, like, it's just a frustrating thing that I, I felt like we should bring up about, I don't know, like, we should have more content with women in it as, like, the leads of stuff. But it's also really hard when you have, I mean, look at Last of Us Part 2. Look at this game. Like, it just ends up being a shit show. So I don't know. I guess this is just like my call to gamers to be better. Like, don't be such little dickheads about things. <laughs> well, and like, this is not at all like a... I know not all men are like this. Is not at all what I'm saying. But I have heard from some men, not, not any of us that we really know, but like other men that are like... If you talk about Horizon, the games, they're just like, oh, I don't want to play a game with a female lead. Like, no, well, that's a girl game. I don't associate with people like that. And I just like, I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like... Like, you don't like, think a girl's no. perspective is worthwhile? Yeah. You know? And also what... And who cares? When it comes down to it. Yeah. Like, who cares? 
you don't necessarily play it for that reason. You're playing it because it's a cool game. Has a it's cool not story, a coming to mechanics. it's not a coming into womanhood story where Aloy gets her period. <laughs> like you don't have to. <laughs> scary. I yeah, I would too. But <laughs> like, it's not specifically about being a woman and woman problems. Which, no. if you can't relate to that, maybe you should look into it. Like, I'm not saying you have to relate to it, but at least be open to understanding it. But it's not even about that. So be even more or even less open, I'm asking, to well, just play a game. And how many of these games could have interchangeable main characters as males and females? Like, mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a story about this sci-fi crazy-ass world. It doesn't have to be about this, this I don't know. It's just, be better, people. <laughs> well, yeah. and if anything, if anything, it's just showing, this game shows how, like, badass... Aloy is especially mm-hmm. because like my gosh I mean this is very typical in a lot of games where you're kind of the quote-unquote errand boy but like or the errand person or whatever mm-hmm. but like Aloy does so much stuff in this game and mm-hmm. she's an excellent climber she's an excellent fighter and you're just like obviously it's a video game it's not real yeah. but you just sometimes I stop and think and I'm like how is this girl like she should be like ripped yeah. like where's <laughs> all the muscles and everything like I don't know it's just also, how does she have the energy to like parkour oh over all of these yeah. things and stuff and jump and twist? And I'm like, dang, girl. When I was traveling like far distances and just running the entire way, I'm like, yeah. this is not possible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you need a break. <laughs> yeah. Or just sliding the eternal slide where you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, you're you running and then you rash. slide. Yeah. Yes. Her legs would be so messed up. But yeah, that's what we need in video games with the like chafing in between your legs and like. Oh, or no. your character just stops and is like, give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but something that I wanted to really emphasize is not only is Aloy really physically capable, but she's also emotionally and like... Mentally, too. Yeah, and like mentally capable where she can solve puzzles. She can right. deal with difficult things. She can deal with difficult emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, you're tasked to save the world twice. Go for it. And she's like, and she has a moment where she's like... And do this mm-hmm. you know and and she and Gaia's like absolutely and you're I like, loved oh. that I loved yes. that part so but good. yeah and she's a leader and she can advocate for the people who need advocating for like she is such a amazing character she's like the ultimate ambassador yeah, yeah. because like yeah again as you go along and you talk with these different um these different tribes and you're hearing about their problems and everything that's going on. Aloy just kind of steps in and is like, let me give it to you straight kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, no, it should be this. Or and it's not that she's rude either. Like, there's a lot of people who have a lot of respect for her. because She's assertive. Because at this yes. point, like, a lot of people have heard of her. Yeah. They know this redheaded Nora girl from the East, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And so, like, they really, like, they do have some form of respect for her too. And, like, even, like, with her travels, like... She is very knowledgeable because she gets out. She mm-hmm. gets out and about and talks to people. Yeah. And she has the vision. She has, mm-hmm. you know. But um, this is venturing into the other territory. So just congratulations to the writers for making such a well-rounded character. And just a character that we love. And putting her in situations mm-hmm. that challenge her. But also, you know, are well-rounded and like yeah, believable like making a really well-rounded character which isn't always the case with some main characters of video games mm-hmm. well and i think a huge part of it is 
due, again, I'm talking about story, is due to her upbringing. Mm -hmm. You know, she was basically an outcast for most of her life. And so she kind of grew up not, not like she learned to not like judge people. Mm -hmm. And she learned not to deal with like, (sighs) I I don't know how to put this, but like she doesn't deal with cultural issues the way that other people would. Like, they're like, why aren't you sensitive to our religion? And she's just like, I am and I respect it, but this is the reality situation Mm -hmm. that you need to deal with. And I think a lot of that is her outcast upbringing where, you know, she was shunned because she was born outside of a cauldron versus from a mother so she's the motherless child or whatever yeah but um yeah so she's like i'm not gonna shun people i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna turn people away just because of some stupid belief or yeah because of some tradition yeah she's like no i just want to help people to help people right i want to help better their lives and she sees people as equal Mm -hmm. for sure no they're such a well-rounded character my goodness good job aloy I also feel like we need to shout out the fact that most of this takes place in our neck of the woods. Yes. Yes. Utah. I freaking loved like when especially earlier on in the game when you're in the uh the Zion Daunt. Um yeah, you're in Zion National Park and I was like they did such a good job of capturing the colors mm-hmm. of the rocks and the trees and like all of the nature down When you're there. taking that like lift ah. down and you're just like in yes. the canyon, I was like, I have been on this drive. Well, not yes. off the cliff, but, well, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, through switchbacks and whatnot, yeah. but like I have been there and it's mm-hmm. so close to home, mm-hmm. you know, and literally even, like that river going through, like that's there. Uh-huh. And like, I was even trying to find like familiar landmarks. Cause mm-hmm. I've been, I've been to Zion like a whole bunch of times. It's one of my, um, it's one of my favorite national parks, but like it, it I mean, obviously they couldn't do it totally exact. Yeah. And also it's supposed to be a po- post-apocalyptic world. So things ge- geological features will be different right but at the same time i was still i i looked around i looked around and i'm like where's angel's landing where is it <laughs> i think I you found can climb it, up there as aloy sure. i'm like i think this is it but it also could be that aloy like there. looks at the rickety rusty chain still on the like side of the mountain she's oh my like gosh. she's like i'm not climbing that <laughs> if you are scared of heights don't do this but go watch tiktoks of people ascending angel's landing because it's Cray cray. I mean, I've done it three times. And you are (laughs) cray cray. (laughs) In person. No, no VR. Oh, I'm afraid of heights. I don't know if I could do it in real life. Yeah, if you're afraid of heights, don't do it. I'm I'm not definitely afraid of heights. But it's really pretty and it's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, but it is fun. You're right. Like, it's fun to see, like, these familiar landmarks. And especially as you continue to go west. I mean, spoiler alert, you get to see Las Vegas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously you guys know San Francisco. Francisco. Mm -hmm. So amazing. It's so much fun. I'm so excited for you guys to get to that point. Yes. I mean, you are at that point. Yeah, we beat it by now. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the landscape is amazing. Do you want me to repeat that? No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. I'll work with it. Okay. Um, but like, oh, go ahead. I, I just wanted to bring up other little features about behind the scenes. Yes. Um, the music. Can we talk about the music mm-hmm. a little bit? No. Well, tough. The end of the podcast. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> um, so the music is something that I find really interesting about any game. I'm a huge fan of soundtracks and OSTs and, you know, um, well, that's really redundant of me to say, but you know, 
I don't like know it what all. An OST is. Original soundtrack. Oh. So I just said soundtracks and soundtracks. Original soundtrack. But um, yeah, I really love video game music. It's one of my passions, and um, I super love the soundtrack to this game because <laughs> it's super unique. First of all, like I couldn't really. It it didn't sound like anything I'd heard before. Because I was, and I was like, because it was unfamiliar, I wasn't super drawn to it. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to listen to this at work. But I found out the reason because of that is because they used instruments in a different way. Um, the mindset with the music approach, I listened to like an interview with the composer, was to pick up an instrument and play it as if you'd never gotten any historical context on how to play it. Mm-hmm. And so they had like a guitar and they used it as a percussion instrument. And just kind of like banged a pen. I don't know. A soft pick. I don't know. Something um, against the uh, against the strings. Well, like fingering the chords. And it sounded very like ominous. And maybe a little bit like primitive and tribal. It was very amazing. It, was, it gave me chills just thinking about it. Like... Because it's so unique and I would have never been so, like, I could have maybe, if I'm a genius, thought, oh, well, let's play instruments in a different way, you know, for that. But I would never be bold enough to go for it and pitch it to my boss. Right. So it's so cool that they were doing that. And the music is just beautiful and inspiring and it's... It's very cool. I know that they did a lot of percussion-based things because mm -hmm. that is how tribal music is right a lot of the time which is very much the tanakh right um and one last little note about that is they wanted to they worked with the writers they like wanted to know the story before they made the music they weren't just like oh we're gonna make a video game music and it's gonna be happy and it's gonna be mario (laughs) it was more like okay we want to know the ups the downs the emotions behind this so we can really cover these characters and we can really cover this setting of kind of urgency and hopelessness and joys and the meaning of like humanity, you know, like it's just, yeah, it's really cool. So I want to name, I want to name the composers. Yes. Um, just so we can mention them here. So um, I'm going to butcher these names. I'm sorry, but there's Ole- Oleksa Lauzuchuk, Joris Deman. The Flight and Niels Vanderleest are listed as the composers for Horizon Forbidden West. Well, Excellent job, guys. I saw that and they ladies. are all the people who did... Well, not all, but like a lot of them are return people from the, who did Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Which I think is really cool. Um, the more and more I learn about video game composition, the more and more I am impressed. Because it's like 30, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, so many hours of music. That has to be triggered by certain actions. That has that you have to be a continual theme throughout it. I remember when we did the Detroit Become Human episode. Um, I watched like a forty-minute documentary about the making of the music, uh, and I just don't think I'm not I'm not a huge OTS person. OST, whatever. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm not a huge oats person, but I love music. <laughs> I'm not a big soundtrack person, but I I have been I really like video games. 
Although yeah. I did play it in a massage one time, and the person was like, can we change this to something else? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. So I have to say, like, when we watch, I'll make it, a soundtrack for you. I'll make a playlist. Okay. There we go. Not a soundtrack. I'll make a playlist for you. A mixtape. Yeah. Will it be an OAT? An oats. I'll yeah. make a note for you. <laughs> um, I do have to say, though, like, back when I was watching the Game Awards um, for, for 2022, um, the music part at the very end was my most favorite part hmm. of the whole show. It like gave me chills, and like I've even gone back and rewatched it a couple of times. It's when they it's when they go through the nominations for the game of the year, mm-hmm. and they play like it's the same orchestra, and they play like a composition of like they they're like oh here's one of the nominees, and they'll play like the cool soundtrack blah 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 blah, and then it'll go to the next game, and it'll just like they just do this whole like um, composition of it, and it's I love it. It's my favorite part. Who won? And Jose, Jose won. Oh, sorry. Well, who won the soundtrack? God of War. Oh, Jose. Jose is not a But he he's, a he performed it. He's yeah. not a video game. But that was a different Yet. performance. So I'm talking that those were two different performances at the game awards. Yeah. But yeah, but yes, Jose also, yeah, did a performance there with the God of War people. I uh, want you, I want our listeners to know. I am a huge My Chemical Romance fan. We know this. However, never knew this. I am also <laughs> in the like top point zero point zero one seven or something listeners on Spotify for Jose, which tells me I'm the number one. I'm one of the top <laughs> listeners to Todd Recall. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I wonder Excellent if I even work. hit the charts for Taylor Swift because everyone listens to Taylor yeah, Swift. Yeah, Marley, you're not unique. But I've you also, she's been my number one, like, most listened to um, every time I do, like, well, the Spotify rap. Mm-hmm. No, then because I can't afford real that. Fan? Okay, can you give me money then so I can go see her and be the real fan? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> be also, the real fan. Also, tickets are really hard to get. So there was, like, a whole thing about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> my coworker's like, I have cried three times today, but I got Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, and I was like, wow. oh my gosh. Wow. Lucky them. Yeah. Lucky them. Um... So I do have like this other part that's like talking about like the romantic stuff or whatever and like relationships. Should I save that for when we do our actual game or do you think it ties in? It's up to you. Because I can talk about it for when we're doing the actual review. It's not very like... We're at 38 minutes, so maybe let's save it. Um, But do keep it. it. Because it's not really... I don't know. Yeah. It's not really a behind the scenes thing. Okay. It's just more of like a... Well, we can definitely fangirl and talk about Catalo and fan fiction. Okay. Every time I see him, I'm like, Marley's read fanfic about this, like, pasty-faced guy. It's, that's paint. I know, but it's, like, flaky. Well, yeah, because it's... He needs to go... Okay, anyways. He needs to refresh it. Yeah. Well, one day, Marley, you might be able to see Taylor Swift live. Hopefully. Until then, uh, we can just enjoy the music from Horizon Forbidden West. And yes. all the other little details. The decimator. Yes. The decima. Decima. No, <laughs> the decimator. I... Okay, but, like, for reals, though. Like, they did such a good job going... They, meaning Guerrilla Games, um, going from... In just five years, from Zero Dawn to Forbidden West. Like, they made yeah. such a big improvement, especially in regards to our next-gen consoles. Like, because yes. when they made Forbidden West, I played it on a PS4. Mm-hmm. I didn't even... You guys are playing it on a PS5, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I played it on the PS4, and it was still stunning. Like, even just making it so that it's compatible for both systems... Mm-hmm. Like, they, they did that. They kept that in mind. Because Which, they knew people were going to play it 
on one or the other. And so they wanted to still make even the PS4 version, like still like up to, up to par as much mm -hmm. as they could, obviously, because, you know, obviously PS5 is superior in a lot of ways, but they still wanted to make it a really good experience for those mm -hmm. playing it on PS4. Mm -hmm. Which, thank you very much to Guerrilla Games and PlayStation for the free upgrade between the two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, It oh, was for sure. much appreciated. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, I, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that. Well, I um, hope you guys enjoyed the behind-the-scenes episode, because I did. I it's kind of, I really love talking about the stories and about the characters, but I also, I think that the creation is interesting, and I feel like, Kind of the more that you know about something, um, the more enriched it becomes when you experience it. Um, and the more you can appreciate it, even in retrospect. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, obviously, I think it sounds like we're all fans of this game, and we're fans of the people who made it, so... Mm -hmm. Keep up the good work, everyone. Yeah, so much so that I'm going to come knock on your front door in the Netherlands. So here I come. Open the door for <laughs> me, please. I'm a fan. <laughs> Wear your cutscenes and cupcake shirt there. I should. Yeah, yeah. and then give them stickers. A sticker, yeah. And then tell them to listen to our podcast. And then tell them to come To be on our podcast. On our podcast. Uh, guys, You've got I work to do. I back from the Netherlands unless this happens. I've got some networking to do. You need to be like, hey, I'm an Age of Geek ambassador. And they're like, what does that mean? And you're like, I'm from the U.S. Like, oh, <laughs> and then they're like, okay. No. I'm important, of course. Yeah, and then you're just like, set your briefcase down because you're going to bring a briefcase on this trip. And you're going to be like... I have some ideas. <laughs> I would like to do some collaborations. Um, is your manager here? And they're like, no, we don't have that. Go away. I'm wearing a graphic tee and like jeans or something. <laughs> Wear your Age of Geek shirt oh, and a blazer. And a blazer. Blazer yeah. is fine. Sport, and straighten your hair so they know you're hey, serious. Video game company. Do you think people are coming in three piece suits? They're all wearing their chocos. They're wearing their cargo shorts. I mean, it's Netherlands, so I don't know. I don't. They wear cargo they wear shorts. coats. I don't know. It's cold there. I, I don't know. Gamers wear cargo shorts. Is that but wrong it's also kind of. But it's also like a little bit cooler there. So I don't know if they're always wearing shorts. Always. There's always that one guy who. Who doesn't even always even a shorts in Europe, guy. Even in Europe, and you're like, Henry, it's freezing cold outside. And Henry, it's snowing. Yes, that's your son's name. In the Netherlands, everyone is named Henry. Henri. Um, <laughs> Henri. That's and what Steph like, calls oh, son. It's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, it, yeah, and then he freezes to death, and it's really sad. And you have to get tulips for his funeral. They have a lot of tulips there. <laughs> I bet you could just go pick them from a field. You wouldn't have to pay money. Wow. Disrespectful. Do you even know? Oh, fine. I'll leave a couple dollars on the ground. <laughs> a planted money tree. This has gone so insane. Hey, Stray. Yes. Did you just say Stray? I said a Stray. Yes. Speaking of Stray, that's going to be our next week's episode. It's so listen in. Mission. See how I did that? You guys like that? I did. Like I did. <laughs> Both of you, I've just kind of given an incredulous look to because I'm like, what is happening to the rest of this episode? <laughs> I don't know. But we are so grateful for you listeners. Um, and we'd be more grateful if you joined our Discord and hung out with us virtually. It's contingent. <laughs> <laughs> our gratitude upon you is contingent upon we'll you joining our Discord. It's called the Age of Geek um, Media Discord. Go join us. We're really funny. We post memes. I mean, we they, post pictures of our pets. They know how funny we are. 
Yeah, but we're funny in writing too. Oh, Some true. people don't have the skill to be funny in both. And also gif responses, like gif responses were that's on an point. Art. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. come join us on Discord. We also have a Facebook. We also have a Instagram. Insta- Instagram. And the tweeters. And the tweeters and the so Gmail. And the titters. Oh. Oh. Well, Marley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you guys until next time why don't you feel small it's fine grab a friend eat cupcakes <laughs> play some video games goodbye bye bye this has been an age of geek media production